because you don't you don't have to be an expert to have an opinion and and you don't have to be an expert to have an opinion and you for your opinion to be accurate and right hello intelligent beings of this marvelous planet welcome to learn from the brands our podcast for you from 42courses.com where we learn bite-sized wisdom from the world's best brands Today, we have an incredibly smart, charismatic, and compelling guest. Mark Bowden has been voted the number one body language professional in the world for two years running. So now is the time to sit up straight, even if you are sitting at home. Mark is the founder of communication training company, Truthplane, whose clients include leading business people, politicians, presidents of Fortune 500 companies, and prime ministers of G7 powers. With years of experience training people across the globe on how to use digital media most effectively, Mark is now even a trainer for Zoom, equipping their new employees with best practices around virtual communication. His TEDx talk has reached millions of people and he is regularly called upon by media to comment on body language around elections and debates, most recently appearing on The Dr. Phil Show. Mark has written four books on body language and human behavior, including recent bestseller, Truth and Lies, What People Are Really Thinking. In case it's not yet clear, he's one of the world's foremost authorities on nonverbal communication. We are thrilled to have him here today. Please welcome Mark Bowden. Thanks, Brent. Thanks for having me here. Really appreciate it. Thanks for the great introduction. And for people that don't already know you, Mark, shame on them, but Please give them your branding. My branding? Oh, so like this, I'm Mark Bowden. I'm an expert in human behavior and body language. I help people all over the world to stand out, win trust, gain credibility every time they communicate, including some of the leaders of the G7. Yeah, and I wanted to start with this, Mark, because you work with actors, I've heard in your past as well, and CEOs and politicians. So which of these typically is the most narcissistic? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Gosh, that's really that's a that's a that's a tough one because we've all got it. We've all got a little bit of that uh, in us on a on a spectrum, and it kind of depends on. I mean, look, you've got people who are who are more narcissistic than than other people, and I wouldn't pick on one particular trade uh, around around that. I think often it just depends on the situation. It's it's putting the people in the right context that triggers that and and sometimes quite understandably pushes them into being, you know, self-centered, maybe a little more self-centered rather than narcissistic, which is a whole different other other okay. area. Um just to speak a little bit about what you do uh, in addition to the intro, um, you know, lots of people that are with 42 courses, they're in small companies and some are in big corporations around the world. And um, so what kind of training do you give to people over Zoom currently because of COVID conditions? What do you do for people in the workplace? Yeah, so what I'm really focused on at the moment, because, you know, right now, we're hopefully coming towards the end of the health crisis that the world has been in for the last kind of year and a half, if not a little bit, a little bit more. So I've been really focused on how do you stand out, win trust and gain credibility 
via this modality here when there is a camera in front of you and more specifically as well from your work from home office because the health crisis really changed our ideas and maybe ideals around what it is to be a professional communicator or communicate in a professional manner. So I've been helping people all over the world with that at all kinds of levels, uh, including Zoom themselves. So I now train uh, the Zoom executives, people who are now being onboarded into Zoom and the Zoom sales team in exactly how to do this really well. And, and actually, you, you, you do one-on-one -on -one as well. And I've heard you in another podcast speaking. You even help people like in preparation for giving a eulogy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yes, I mean, I've helped people in all kinds of situations. I've helped a, a number of people on, on eulogies, which is a really kind of, well, very special thing to, to be asked to get involved with mm -hmm. and to help people with because... Well, what a big, you know, it's a really big moment and a lot of people are, are watching and, and there's, there's so much weight put on that moment, not only by other people in the, in the let's call it audience, um, but also on the person themselves giving that eulogy. They want to do it right. And they want people to walk up to them afterwards. I mean, they want to do it right for that person, you know, who yeah. they're giving the eulogy of. They want to do it right for themselves and yeah. really themselves and they do quite rightly want people to walk up to them afterwards and go that was really nice thanks very much for that they want to do right by that audience as well so there's a lot of factors in there to get right and it's a it's a lot of uh pressure i haven't had mm -hmm. to do it myself but um but i have helped a lot of people with it and i it's been lovely when they've come back to me and said that went really well it was, and and one of their main things is is they don't they don't want to they don't want their emotions to take over to the extent that they cannot deliver it they want to get that right uh combination of having really true feeling in there but still being able to deliver it for the audience and it is quite a hard thing to do and yeah, you, you talk about helping people and that's, you know, you're educating and that's a lot of what you do and your book, Truth and Lies, audio book, nice. Kindle, <laughs> it's everywhere. That's you great. need to get it because it's, uh, it's, it's what people are really thinking. And I, I would say, if you're interested in people, you should read this book. <laughs> it was interesting for me when I started reading it. You, you jump straight in with a body language myth buster, as it were. I think it might be your pet peeve about people. If you cross your arms, then, you know, if this, then that. Is this your pet peeve about the simplistic? Yeah. Uh, if this, then that. If crossed arms, then closed, which is just, well, that's true until it isn't. And <laughs> it very often isn't true. And mm -hmm. so that's okay if you keep getting that wrong, if you keep getting that analysis wrong, so long as there aren't very big stakes on getting it wrong. But there could be enough stakes on getting it wrong that it really messes things up by having that if, if this, then that analysis. So really, um, truth and lies, what people are really thinking. Uh, and thanks for showing them those uh, those digital versions there. It's always great to see those. What I say it is, it is what it really is, is a book on critical thinking disguised as a book on body language. 
because the publishers came to Tracy myself and said um, and said, okay, we want you to book a, read a, uh, write a book on reading body language, and. I said, well, I don't really want to do that. There's so much out there already. Some of it's really good, already really good. Some of it's really not good at all. And I was just, I just didn't know what, if anything, I could really add to that because the previous books were on how to really present your body language to influence and persuade. And then the third book that I wrote was on how to deal with difficult situations, tame the primitive brain, how to deal with difficult what seemed like difficult people but really it's about how to manage yourself with an understanding of evolutionary behavioral psychology so so this fourth book they said write a book on body language and immediately we said yeah no and then thought about it for a few moments and went shouldn't have said no actually should have <laughs> should have said yes and then went well what would a really good book on reading body language be and came up with this idea well it would be a book on thinking better about people how do you think more accurately about people and how can you use body language to help and critical thinking more importantly to help you think better about people so to your point um bren you know all the work that i do is really about understanding people better and, and and for me trying to help people have a better life by understanding people better all i'm trying to do is trying to help that's yeah. all yeah. that's all i'm doing and that there is a fantastic methodology in the book i won't give it away because i want people to go and read the book but uh it's like a, a little checklist for every situation so you can judge it in a better way and i was just wondering like in your non-work life outside of work how do you use your body language skills in the everyday? Um, so I try in terms of like consciously reading other people's body language um, or, you know, better word, use of the word is analyzing, better, analy you know, analyzing what's going on. I try not to because, you know, that would be a really annoying person to be around because it's like <laughs> I'm consciously judging you while we're trying to get on and have a a relationship together. And so you've got to get the right combination of just trying to work out what matters and what doesn't matter. Like what is like if you are if you are lying to me, what does it matter anyway? Why is that so important? Given that lying is one of our most important social skills, as is telling the truth. It, it more becomes about are you lying to me when you shouldn't be? Or are you telling me the truth when you shouldn't be? that's that's the more and and how's that and i am i picking up on that and how's that making me feel right now and is that good or mm -hmm. if it feels bad should i just continue with it anyway because a bit of bad feeling is part of life anyway and i've <laughs> got to push on through and just manage that bad feeling that's that's coming because you know what could come at the end of that is a really strong important relationship so look there's there's it's complex it's human <laughs> it's this human dynamic so it's super complex what i try to do is create really simple models so people can get in get a handhold on that complexity and hold on there for the long term rather than relationships kind of slipping from them or communication slipping from them because they couldn't quite get a, a grapple on it because it's super slippy and 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 uh and complex anyway 
I'm not sure that really answers your question, but it, but it, but it, but that's what came to mind for me. So, but are, are you able to switch it off? Are you able to switch all your expertise off, or it's still there and you just don't react to it? Well, yeah. So, so, so the expertise, yes, of course, because because that's a critical thinking process, and that you really have to decide to do that because it's quite. Uh, it's not very uh, critical thinking is not very energy efficient. So, so the brain doesn't really want to do it. It would rather make snap judgments. So, so critical thinking, yes, you have to switch switch on, and it'll switch off on its own pretty quickly, especially under stress and pressure. It'll just turn itself off. The snap judgments that I make, you know, my instinct, no, that's my instinct is no better than yours or anybody else's. Okay, our, our instincts, if you're alive and I'm alive, our instincts are pretty, our instincts are pretty good. Okay, the, the key is, is can I switch on my critical thinking, and therefore know that I, sh I might be able to think differently about the instinctual reaction that I've had, because my instinct is biased, and it's biased to my survival right now, and not bias towards truth or fact or um or accuracy is probably the best way to say it okay. my, my instinct just like yours doesn't care about being accurate okay it wants to be safe today accurate tomorrow and so <laughs> and so that's why we have to question our instinct well we don't have to but if if you are gonna be a good analyst of people and nonverbal communication, you have to question your instinct because your instinct is in it for you, not the majority out there. Again, I hope that makes sense, Brent. Yeah, yeah. Another simplistic thing about uh, that people talk about when they're entry level body language mm -hmm. analysis, let's say, is of course the famous handshake. And I just wanted to speak about just go back five years, the Trump handshake, which was, you know, the media were obsessed with it. Trudeau, I think, was the first to really, you know, to overcome it and come yeah. in extended arm, coming yeah, yeah. in hot. Is yeah. it true, Mark, that you trained Justin Trudeau? You know what? I don't tell anybody about <laughs> the clients that I trained. So even if I did or even if I didn't, there's no way that I would deliver that information right here, right <laughs> now. Else, how would I ever, how would I ever work? But 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 uh, you know it could look it could easily look like I did I you know I, I can see that for sure. Okay, but leading on from that, there's an interesting sentence in the book. It says all body language is a display of power or is a response to a display of power. Can you elaborate on that a bit? Yeah, so that's a model. That's a model about body language, which means it's not necessarily accurate, but it's helpful. So so when you hear that. It would be very easy for somebody to go, well, hang on, I don't think it is. And that's fine. Like, go away and, and go, I don't think it is, and create your own model around this. This is my model, okay? The all body language is a display of power or a response to a display of power. And the model really works if you understand power as just being the, the, the interplay of forces, whatever forces. Uh, are around. So look, I'm reacting all the time to the forces uh, around me. I've got some I've got some big lights here now and again. And every time my my head turns over here, suddenly I get this big bright light in my eyes and that's going to do stuff to my to my pupils. And so I'm responding to the display of power over over here. Yeah. 
Now, what I could do is open my eyes wide like this in order to try and um, try and fight back against that powerful light and go, there's no way you're going to make my pupils dilate. Look, I'm going to I'm going to now swamp myself with even more light. So that's why I say it's a response to power or, or a display of of power because it's an easy way to start thinking about stuff. So whenever I see an interaction and I want to go, let me start thinking about that, I start to go, well, what is the power being being displayed here? Or what is the power being responded to here? It's a way of starting to think about this. It's not necessarily where I end, but it's Mm -hmm. often where I'll start on that. I I wanna move on to your TED, talk because it's uh i saw it a very long time ago and it's uh it's fascinating and you spoke really eloquently and it's got such a lovely arc to that speech and um it resolves with you know you you saying how being open with your body language leads to new connections and Mm -hmm. new possibilities yeah I'm not afraid of public speaking. I have just come from uh, quite a few many years in corporate and uh, I had lots of people say, you know, any tips and this kind of stuff and many introverted people. And I just wanted to know, have you ever trained someone? Have you had a great success with someone who fears getting on stage that's almost like a phobia and they've overcome that? Oh, totally. Yeah, yeah, constantly. Yes. Uh, One specific example that comes to mind was one client of mine uh, it's a while back now, they would literally come out in what they call in North America hives, but I'd call mm-hmm. it spots. Okay. Yep. They come out in, in spots, especially around the neck, chest area, and right up into the, um, into their, uh, lower le- neck area would, their, their face would get saved. The unconscious mind is quite, quite impressive in that it would go, I'm not going to spoil your face, but I'm going to let you know that we shouldn't be doing this. Okay. I'm going to let you know what's going on here. Anyway, they would, they would come out in, in those hives and yeah, I stopped that completely. Now this is not a, some kind of mystical, uh, kind of thing. There's a, there's a pro there's a, there's a process that kind of double prong process that, that we go through here. One is, understanding the trigger for this and 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 how this has come about and why the body might and the mind might be being really helpful right now because the moment you make your body and your mind really unhelpful it's like wow why do you keep doing that to me why is that why is that happening i wish it wouldn't happen you you're, you're fighting a couple of things that are just basically in charge of all of this and it's it's, it's nonsense to try and fight them they're keeping you alive the same part of the body which is giving you those that that reaction is running your heart at the moment it's just trying to help so you've got to acknowledge that and not acknowledge how helpful it's trying to be right now and then um well first of all do that sometimes i think acknowledge where this reaction has come from as well and as otherwise it is this kind of ghost that you don't quite understand that keeps walking around with you which is you know yeah. managed to attach itself uh uh you know to your back there are lots of lots of metaphors being used there that other other psychological ideas used but um 
so there's that. But then the major thing is a, is a physical countermeasure, is using the body on purpose in order to start to send bigger and stronger signals to uh, that that part of the mind that's been trying to save your life, send bigger, stronger signals that this is this is okay, this is going to be all right, mm -hmm. that you are confident instead of unconfident in that situation or, or, or nervous or anxious in that situation. So yeah, that, that's been dealt with a, a number of times. Um, you're a fantastic public speaker, Mark. And um, another, it brings to mind uh, Sir Ken Robinson, another famous TED talk. And um, he spoke of course about that schools kill creativity in some cases. Mm -hmm. And uh, I've heard you speak in other podcasts that, you know, you're a dyslexic and it's, uh, it wasn't a great time for you at school. Chris, the founder of 42 courses, also dyslexic, super smart guy like yourself, right. super creative, lifelong learner. Um, what do you think is, uh, would be something that you would like to see in schools that could be done differently than this old traditional model that can bring out creativity, that can instill confidence for things like public speaking, things that are very useful in the adult world. Yeah, so so I think the key here, and specifically around um, dyslexia, because that's really all that I I you know know about, is um, simply, and this is not my idea. This is an idea that other people have come up with is first of all for people who are dyslexic to get uh seen a bit earlier to get diagnosed or just or just the the the, the potential that that there may be some dys dyslexia to come up a little bit earlier and then for the the behaviors and the skills especially that come out of dyslexia for those to be uh championed a little bit a little bit more rather than when I was at school, and you know, this didn't happen to every dyslexic that I know. This had a great, had a great time, but for me, I was part of that group who were um, stupid, lazy, not trying. Um, <laughs> you know, and 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 the confusion was was tricky because I was so advanced, it would seem, in in some areas, and so disadvanced in, in some areas, it was confusing for everybody. It was confusing for the teachers. It was confusing for me. It's like all they could work, work out was, well, it must be that you're just stupid or lazy. Well, they made me go for lazy a lot more because, because at some levels there was, there was such a high ability, it would seem, that it was, it was totally incongruent. And they didn't know what to do with that incongruency. And so therefore, because they were adults and I'm a kid, like, what do I know? How do I know? Like, if the adults don't know what, to, if, if all they can do is get angry, annoyed, upset, and kind of aggressive around it, uh, what, what am I left with, with doing? I'm just, a, I'm just a kid at school. I mean, I don't even get to decide whether I show up or not and kind of got to go I've got you know it's the law that I show up in this environment where everybody seems to get just a bit upset about about me so so it was I think the more that could be changed um and I know it is changing in a, in a in a lot of places but the more it can change 
better off everybody else will be because you see this world around you that you that you like right now uh dyslexics invented that like we came up with this stuff for you right now so so the the more you encourage us uh the, the better it's it's gonna be so so you know encourage us we're okay it's 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 a gift in a way i mean i've spoken to chris the founder of 42 courses and he saw the Sir Ken Robinson uh, speech mm-hmm. and he said, because it, it's essentially a call to arms, right, yeah. for, for change. And, and Chris said, yeah, okay, I'm, I'm going to change the world a little bit and I'm going to make uh, e-learning that is accessible, fun, motivating so that you get to the finish and everything. So in, in that way, it's a complete advantage for Chris. It's a, it's, a, it's a gift. Yeah. Well, learning's great. Like learning's superb. There isn't, there isn't anything on the planet that you can't learn to be better at. And that if you've got the right teaching or, or you know, good teaching, that you can be better at it uh, than you were yesterday. Like learning means you can be better than you were yesterday. Like every day you can get better at something like that's no yeah practice as well so there's learning and there's practice you know and there's just thinking about stuff that you've learned and practicing and then thinking about it but you know so there's some other elements as well but like what a brilliant world where you can go you know oh i could i could be better at this tomorrow by tomorrow i could be a lot better at this so learning is is fantastic so you know my hat is off to anybody who wants to create learning for people because it's just it's just helpful isn't it there's no downside to being yeah. helpful wholeheartedly agree yeah and another huge learning that you give the world so generously is the behavior panel and for people that don't know could you just give us a little summary of what the behavior panel gets up to yeah so uh the <laughs> behavior panel is the uh, youtube show uh that i'm part with part of with scott and greg and chase there and we kind of look at um uh popular culture like things that are in the news uh, a lot of true crime as well that people seem to be really super you know interested in which is great and we analyze videos from a body language and behavior point of view often from an interrogation point of view as well and we just try and be helpful about being a, how you might go about analyzing what's going on. I think often to help people understand other people better and sometimes to help them know that they can feel a little safer in the world and that they can use some of their cognitive abilities to make sure they and the people they love are in safer places for them. In, in general, in, in, in a lot of the world right now, in uh, not necessarily in the majority, but in a lot of the world right now, it's, 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 it's a pretty safe place as to how it often, you know, may have been in, in past history and longer history. But all the same, it doesn't hurt to have a little bit of knowledge so you can feel a little bit more confident, um, you know, about, about the world. So that's what we're trying to do. Yeah, every video is just completely absorbing, intriguing, informative. Um, is there one that stands out for you, which has been the the most intriguing for you as a as a? Panelist? Yeah, yeah, like Prince Andrew is a great one. I, I love <laughs> I love Prince Andrew um, <laughs> because it's just. It is but you just, described him as it's risible. That's it's risible. Yeah, because it's a it's an utter disaster. It's an utter disaster, um, and. And there's 
So there's so many layers of human behavior going on there. So, you know, not only deceit, but um, the arrogance, um, and, and you can you can see how this is. And he has a lot of and, and, and he has a lot of knowledge of how to resist interrogation and resist this um, this interview that's going on. And and so he has that. He has knowledge. He has ways of dealing with with that. But he also has a huge amount of arrogance at the same yeah. time. And so that makes him very um, susceptible to to what happens and the interviewer is phenomenal phenomenal mateless yeah and 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 you see her working against and and her her skill and power in working against what he's trying to do to resist the interview that's going going on here um one of of the things she does is is leave space or a pregnant pause. That's a, a good thing to know if you are asking someone if they are telling the truth or not, right? Just give them space. Totally, totally. ask ask good questions and shut up is the, <laughs> is, is the, is the key. Um, and, and a lot of it is about you as the interviewer being able to manage yourself and the social awkwardness of leaving a lot of space and not jumping in and helping people and saving their saving their life especially when they're high status so so andrew there is putting on the high status and it would be very easy for the interviewer there to unconsciously jump in and save his life and help him and she is brilliant at, at bolting herself down holding it down and not falling for for any of any of that um yeah. also he's brought her into a supremely kind of high-ranking place. He's borrowed yeah. his mum's house yeah. For, yeah. This, for this. Not even borrowed it really, because I think I think the story is is that is that he wasn't. You know, he's he's surreptitiously borrowed it, knowing the status that it will have. But she's brilliant. She's shown up in 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 a military jacket herself. She's either consciously or unconsciously. She's understood some of these cues that will that will that will go on she's brilliant yeah she's brilliant yeah. so it's great to watch her great to watch him and is there, is there anyone any other subjects that's been on the behavior panel that you would say like okay yes we unpacked it but you really do not have to be a, a behavior expert to see that this person is being deceitful hmm here's 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 the thing i think i think everything that we've looked at depending on your bias it would be very easy for you to see see stuff that or or have an analysis that we don't have so i think it's always it is as obvious as it might look to us or other viewers it's always worth taking the time to go look let's un let's unpack this let's really look at this in detail so that people are able to see stuff that they may have missed or check out their own bias around it. So I, so I think, I think no, I think everything is worth in in investigating, and nothing is there going. God, you know, you don't have to be an expert to to 
because you don't you don't have to be an expert to have an opinion and and you don't have to be an expert to have an opinion and you for your opinion to be accurate and right but at some point you're kind of guessing and you just guessed right what we're trying to do is go what are the possibilities here let's unpack the possibilities and then start to make a conscious judgment um, that can be against our own bias so sometimes i'll look through a video and, I, and i'll do it first of all from a really positive bias and then i'll do it from a negative bias and then i'll put the two things together and go so i'm so i'm now switching on a specific radar to look for data to confirm either end of the bias which again is not something that most people do and it's hard work because now you're fighting a bias or you're or it's easy work because you're just going look there's there's my bias it 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 falls into my bias so that's that's the job of 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 critical thinking i think we're trying to do our best at as a group creating some a piece of critical thinking and hopefully that's why it's so interesting to people or it's one of the reasons why it's so interesting i hope uh, i th- i think so and, and obviously it's interesting to such a broad spectrum of people because you've gone in, in all just over a year i think you've gone from zero to like two hundred and sixty thousand subscribers yeah. right yeah. now and yeah. one thing i think is really interesting i love to see the progress of the backgrounds and now have you been pulling these guys and saying look marketing Let's get your books. Let's get your courses in the background. Let's get your lighting correct. Are you the leader in that sense? No, not at all. Look, when we, when we first started, I already had these the, the book posters up here because that's what I already had up yeah. there. And 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 a few weeks after that, I think the other guys started going. Hang on, that's kind of maybe a good idea. We should you know <laughs> stick some branding up there. And um, so I already had that going on because I'd been showing up on on video doing this kind of thing for years. Um, already. Um, but I think I think everybody, all of us have thought about, well, how do we light ourselves better? How do we show up on camera better? You know, everybody's in, in improving. And for people who want to like really pro up their backgrounds, there's so many helpful videos that you've done. You've done lighting, you've done the mics, you've done yeah, everything, all set up stuff. So check out Mark Bowden on, uh, on YouTube. Yeah, do. Um, now, I wanted to ask... Uh, Obviously, there's quite a bit of a slant to American true crimes on the behavior panel. Will there be uh, room in the future, do you think, for more UK-based crimes, Harold Shipman or anything like that? Yeah, I think that's interesting. So, I mean, anything where there is good, as good a quality video as possible, because we're using, you know, we're, we're a YouTube show, so it is it is a visual medium, though that though I know a lot of people, you know, listen to it as a as a podcast, which is great as well. Yeah, they like to hear our chat. They like to, you know, they like to be doing something else at the same at the same time, uh, which is great. We love we love that. Uh, but yeah, anything that there's great. A lot of people have been asking for 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 Jimmy Savile, uh, that, mm. <laughs> and I can quite see why because uh, that that whole thing is extraordinary and mm-hmm. I know uh, you know and I think um, there's obviously the Louis Thoreau uh, yeah. video with him also yeah. a great interview can't remember his name now but one of the guys who was editor of one of the red top papers in the UK did okay. did, did a, an even probably an even better uh, I think a hard talk uh, okay. maybe video mm-hmm. with him Okay. Uh, where, he, where Jimmy eats a eats a banana in order to 
in all, it basically is, a, is an interrogation resistance. He eats a banana. Uh-huh. That's his, he is, you know, like, like everybody who can be very helpful so not, or very dangerous. Not, not a pacifier, uh, an object. Of a, no, it's a barrier. It's yeah. a barrier and it's a distraction. It's like, because mm-hmm. he, because, because the interviewer comes in there into a really hot area and he just gets out a banana and starts eating a banana. And it's like, now what do we do? Now what do we do? Because he's now got the audience in his hands because it's Jimmy Savile eating a banana, which you can't top. You can't top that. You can't. He now owns the whole territory. <laughs> it is, you know, sad to say it, but it's genius. It's genius. I just want to ask you about another subject of the behavior panel, but in a roundabout way, just two lead up questions. Um, I'm, I'm a huge fan of Malcolm Gladwell. Um, yeah. And in, in talking to strangers, I think it was, he, he said that humans are terrible at knowing if people are telling the truth or not. Mm-hmm. Mm. But you're saying it can be overcome. And, well, and be I mean, improved in. you know, Gladwell's being, being a good kind of generalist, you know, humans are terrible. Well, which humans, where, when, like when? Like, I think, you know, uh, here's, here's what I know. Um, here's, here's what I know is, is lying is one of our most important social skills, as is telling the truth. Accepting a lie is one of our most important social skills, as is telling the truth. So when Gladwell says, hey, human beings are really bad at being able to tell if somebody's lying. Well, yeah, if we, I don't know whether it's that they're bad at it. Or they're good at knowing when to accept that lie because it benefits them and it benefits the group as a whole. Mm -hmm. I've not read that that book. I'm dyslexic. I try to read as few books as I humanly can because it's it's really hard. It's not impossible for me, but it's Mm -hmm. damn hard work. So so and and also here's my problem is when I read books, um, I think I've read them. And so and so <laughs> people come to me and they go, so have you read that book? And I go, yeah, I have. And they go, well, what did you, what did you make of it? And I go, well, and I start, and they're like, how did you, where did you, like, how's that in the, I didn't get that from the book at all. Um, and I, for a time, I just thought I was, my, you know, I was reading better than anybody else. Like I understood stuff better than anybody else. That was mm-hmm. kind of my assumption. Now my assumption is, is that reading is so hard for me, I make it up. I'm just making up what I've read so I can Mm -hmm. get, so I can feel like I've read the book. And so I come up with ideas in the book that aren't in the book. And and some of the ideas are really good. (laughs) So so I go, ah, it's about this. And then people are like, wow, that's amazing. That's a really Mm -hmm. good idea. Anyway, so I haven't read Gladwell's book. What I assume is going on here is that he's not, he isn't potentially quite understanding or doesn't want to put in because it doesn't suit him that, um, that there might be an advantage to being a bad at detecting lies. He's made it a disadvantage. He's gone, well, we're a bit rubbish as human beings at detecting lies no it could be a real advantage just imagine going out into the world and you could detect every lie and inaccuracy that was happening out there like how would you how would you have a conversation with with a friend 
like how would you get on because you'd be like any exaggeration you'd be able to see that their unconscious mind knows it's an exaggeration it's like so how would they tell you a story it's the opposite of Ricky Gervais is the invention of lying almost right it's the opposite yeah yeah exactly yeah. and and because you know Ricky's comedy is all about as is a lot of great, if not all great comedy, is all about being socially inept, is all about getting it wrong and therefore being the outsider. The clown is a complete outsider because the clown, which Rich, Ricky is, the clown doesn't see the world the same way as everybody else. And so they're a social um, outsider. That's why the little tramp, you know, Charlie Chaplin's all always on his own, tries to make relationships, but they all fold. You know, uh, they yeah. all close down and he moves on to the next place because he's outside of society, he sees the world in a different in a different way, uh, isn't able to socially uh, integrate. And that's why, you know, comedy is full of people doing the most socially undesirable thing at exactly the wrong time. And we go, oh, what an idiot you should have said. And but there's an, an element of truth in that, because the clown is, is saying the truth when most other people aren't going to tell you the the truth anyway yeah, yeah. rambled off so, into that direction there very interesting i just want to return to gladwell because yeah yeah he, um he's also said on many keynote uh, speeches and stuff he said that you know it would be very strange if he if he didn't change his mind about things you know, like every five years perhaps mm. as he learns more and more and then there's adam grant's latest book which is called think again and Malcolm Gladwell says in Talking to Strangers, I think, again, it is, I think it's Talking to Strangers, he says that Amanda Knox, subject matter of the baby, mm. oh, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. is yeah. totally innocent because there is not a shred of evidence against her. So I'm just wondering if you, you know, were in a room with Malcolm Gladwell, would you say that, well, you know, we've had a look and maybe you could think again or? Um. Yeah, I mean, I don't know whether I'd, I'd go to that because I don't know how much it really interests him. Uh, you know? <laughs> <laughs> you know, or useful. You know, the reason we talk about Amanda Knox is simply because the people who are interested in what we do said, "Hey, will you look at Amanda Knox?" Um, you know, so so why is Gladwell looking at Amanda Knox? Because it proves his point. So so I, I you know, look, he he believes she's not she's not guilty and beliefs are interesting because beliefs are what we know to be true and require no more evidence around so i'm sure me showing up and going well here's my evidence would change his mind not one jot because he believes he doesn't know like he, he just believes it from from the stuff that he's put together that's good i like that's great for him i'm 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 all for him carry on keep keep going as you were as you were mr gladwell Okay. Go forth, my my my, my good man. Um, now, at the same time, our our audience are going. Gosh, we don't quite quite know because we've looked at all. We've looked at everything out there, just as maybe Gladwell has done. We've looked at everything out there, and still we're undecided around this. So all we're doing is going. Well, here's a little bit more for you to to look at from our area of expertise and thinking and see what that little bit more for you does for you does it help you does it does it does it push your um your assumptions about this does it reinforce your assumptions about about this but i'm i'm pretty convinced that uh 
Malcolm Gladwell would not care one jot about what I said about, about I would be I'd be slightly disappointed if he was <laughs> you know, like, like I can change your mind no you, you do yourself you do yourself a disservice <laughs> now Mark uh, I've used up so much of your valuable time I just want to finish with a very left field question that I had lots of fun with uh, in interviews when I was uh, working in big company you have to choose to fight between a horse-sized duck, quack, quack, <laughs> or 100 duck-sized horses, so 100 small horses. So a huge duck or 100 very small horses. So which do you choose to fight and why? Yeah. I, here's the thing. <laughs> here's what's going to happen is, is my dyslexic thinking kicks in and background and, and that's why and, it's interesting and the and the, and institute you know and the worry about in, institutional ideas and i suddenly start breaking your question so so it, i'm just going to carry on um well i have a, an easy choice which is the hundred duck-sized horses um because because i can hide from them i believe i can place myself in a in a building that I see, so I've just avoided the whole fight thing from, from moment yeah. one, but I have chosen. Um, I think I think I can protect myself from a hundred duck-sized horses, whereas a, a horse-sized duck, like horses are horses are powerful anyway. But ultimately, I think horses are quite are quite domesticated and passive, whereas ducks, I think, are still why, and it may be a wild duck as well like you haven't been really I mean you didn't say it was a wild there aren't many wild horses out there anyway are there but wild ducks there's plenty of wild ducks and so if you're thinking like a wild duck as a as a horse that could be quite dangerous and I'm even thinking you know I could build quite a strong building and a, and a horse-sized duck could be able to kick it in so I've got no protection around that I can't even because I'd need some time like I'm not going to go straight into the fight like I need some time to like you know be in a be protected for a bit and go, how are we going to deal with this? Okay, let's have a quick think, at least a quick think about this without being attacked. Because if I'm being attacked by either one, you know, and in a fight, my chances of thinking about this, you know, and I've got no training. The thing is, is, is that you resort back to your, you know, under stress and pressure, you resort back to your training. Well, there was no, you know, where I trained, there was no module on on fighting, <laughs> fighting either 100, uh, you know, duck-sized horses or one uh, horse-sized duck. So I got no, I got no training to resort back to. So I need time to think, first of all. And so, so I think I'll have more time to think with those duck-sized uh, horses. For example, they can't fly for a start. Okay, so they can't. So they are ground. They are all uh, on 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 the ground. So so you know so you know and even just having this time not being in a fight i've realized okay great so so um uh duck duck sized uh hang on duck sized horses yes okay so the horse sized duck can fly that's flipping dangerous isn't it because now that's predator <laughs> from above and the sides okay the duck sized uh the the, the 100 duck sized horses cannot fly that's just like that's just like rats. That's just like they're just. That's why you know. Would you rather have an attack of rats or an attack of pigeons? Like you know, uh, 
pigeons are more annoying, I think. Pigeons are more annoying, you know, because you can't stand on a chair with a pigeon. It will, <laughs> it's up in the air anyway. Anyway, you can see how my thinking goes on this. It's quite an interesting, uh, what, what answers have other people given? <laughs> uh, incredibly varied. I have to say yes. I've asked it hundreds of times, but yours was the most extensive and, <laughs> and interesting, I would say. But it's, well, it's a cross-reference question. It confirms what you already know about the person, and it shows that you have a great analytical mind. As in truth and lies, you give people the, the methodology, the template to, to judge the situation, to you know, get a better um, a feeling for it for yourself. So thank you for the answer. And <laughs> thank you, Mark, for your time. It's been a huge, huge pleasure for me, and I'm very, very grateful. Thank you so much. My pleasure. It's been, been great fun being with you, Bren, and uh, happy to come back and chat anytime. Thank you so much. Cheers. Wow, 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 as the French say. The learned raconteur Mark Bowden there. Full of stunning insights. Check out any of Mark's four books for much, much more. Watch his TED Talk on YouTube. Enjoy his many home office tutorials on his own YouTube channel. And if you haven't already, subscribe to The Behaviour Panel on YouTube for weekly amazing analysis of body language. Thank you so much for listening, you marvellous person. To inspire your intellectual curiosity even further, go to 42courses.com to learn from the brands on subjects like behavioral science, creativity, leadership, happiness, and many more nutritious courses to enhance your mind and make your smile go wide. Until next time.